0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on college football, your daily podcast on
1: all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On College Football. Thank you for being with us here today. It is a Ward and Wade Wednesday, and we're very excited about this one. Andrew Wade is the host of Locked On Hawkeyes. I host Locked On Vols, and uh, Andrew, Big Ten Week is here, so we're, we're going to get into all of that. We'll look back at what happened this past weekend, and uh, again, we, we're just getting more college football, which is good. Still waiting on a few conferences. The Pac-12, of course, still a couple of weeks away, but this is this is what it's all about. This year's different, we know that, but now the Big Ten is is jumping in, and I'm ready for it.
0: Absolutely, man. I mean, I'm I'm pumped that Big Ten football is back. Finally, it feels like I've been waiting years for that. Um, I was thinking about the other day. I mean, it's been almost like 320 330 days since the last Iowa football game or last Big Ten football game. I mean, that's a long time to go without Big Ten football. I've been pumped. I can't believe it's actually here. Uh, I'm just scared to see the COVID results. And gosh, that would really be a doubt knocking on wooden
1: fingers being crossed this week, right?
0: Absolutely. When I saw Jeff Brom come down with uh, COVID, I was like, oh, no, not this game. Please give this to me. So I am pumped, man.
1: All right. We are going to get into that. We'll look at some of the really good matchups for this week as well. Big one in the Big 12 that we'll be paying attention to and uh, a lot of reaction as well. And Alabama flexed its muscle. We talked about muscle uh, muscle flexing here recently with what Georgia did the week before against uh, Tennessee and before that against Auburn, but then it went up against Alabama. And, and to me, uh, the the quarterback difference and still that offensive talent that Alabama has was just too much. So Alabama with a reminder of, yeah, do, do not count us out. Not that too many people were counting them out. They were favored in the game. But uh, it was just a reminder of what Alabama can do.
0: Yeah, I mean, we talked about that coming into the game. The biggest thing we thought was Alabama was going to win because they had a good offense. And through the first two quarters, Georgia was playing pretty well. And then Alabama just turned it on what was most surprising for me was the fact that the defense though on alabama actually did a pretty good job i don't know if that is alabama's defense or if that's DeTson bennett showing who's DeTson bennett is. i think a combo yeah i think that's fair i mean like it's, we talked about though you can't stop this alabama offense yeah. uh Devonte smith Jalen waddle Najee harris i mean and mac jones looking like a first round quarterback you know the future i mean this is an incredible offense well isn't that
1: part of it too that Stetson Bennett. I don't think it's his fault, but if you're going up against Alabama, the the offense on the other side is probably just. It's going to have to do a lot more. And yeah. Georgia against most teams, its defense is so good that it won't ask the offense to do quite as much, but against Alabama, it's a different story. That's why Clemson would be a school that I think we would bring up because that's a team with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback and the offensive firepower where you think they could maybe keep up with Alabama. Ohio state is a school, a team that we'll be talking about in that regard because they have Justin Fields and and that talent. So there are only so many, which is pretty obvious, but Alabama, especially with the the talent they've had at receiver, the speed and all that they can do and, and pretty darn good in the backfield as well. That's just you know, it's a machine and there are probably only one or two teams that can realistically match. If Georgia's defense can't slow it down, then no defense, I would say, in college football can slow down Alabama.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was a game I think is pretty scary for everyone else in college football. Alabama's defense isn't great, but the fact that their offense, like you said, is so, so good. They have so much talent. Even an off day, they could score a ton of points. I think we saw that with Clemson as well against Miami a couple weeks ago. They did not play well, and they put up a lot of points. Georgia Tech, not nearly the competitor or foe of of Miami, but 73 points uh, against Georgia Tech. They had – Four different quarterbacks throwing the ball. Um, to me, it's pretty clear. It's Clemson, Alabama. We talked about it, but those are the two teams. And Alabama just showed the SEC. It's our time again. We're back. And everyone just take a seat. You can lose the SEC championship game to us, but we're going to go to the you know, college ball playoffs.
1: Yeah, and I think nationally a lot of people are probably just thinking, okay, we'll see Alabama in the playoff. We'll see Clemson. They can figure it out there. There will be an expectation of Ohio State. It, what we typically say about Oklahoma, this is not that season with Oklahoma. But we say that about those schools, and it, it's not that deep of a competition. So Clemson lights it up again. Trevor Lawrence, he's getting the Heisman talk. Should should we be talking about Zach Wilson a little bit more? They had a big Friday night against Houston. He puts up big numbers. What, what do you think with the – there's a little bit of Heisman love. There's definitely buzz uh, about Mormon Manziel – The uh, the the very talented quarterback. I saw him in Knoxville a year ago. Uh, He played against Tennessee. BYU had to come from behind win late in the fourth quarter. They hit a big, long play down the field and you can see his talent. You can see what he's able to do. He was just a sophomore. He played as a freshman as well. But BYU is fun to watch right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was I did bet on Houston covering. So um, I was definitely rooting against BYU. But good for them to be able to come back. I mean, they were down five or six with a couple minutes left and end up scoring a couple more touchdowns to put that game away and, and handedly win that game. Um, you talked about the Heisman thing real quick. I want to touch on that. Definitely talent-wise and stat-wise, he definitely deserves to be in the Heisman conversation. Unfortunately, his schedule is is really kind of a deterrent for him. The fact that BYU plays some weird times and aren't usually in marquee games is going to be a huge detriment to him as well. Uh, Christian McCaffrey a couple years ago, this is the thing I'll always go back to. I mean, he should have won the Heisman In 2015, but people just didn't see him play. I watched him play Iowa and he made Iowa look like they were walking. They were walking on quicksand and water and just falling literally everywhere. I mean, they couldn't do anything against Christian McCaffrey, but um, Heisman hopes he should be in the conversation for what he's doing. He won't be. Uh, He might be in that, you know, that top five, but he's not going to win it, but there's no chance in hell he wins it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. It's often and more of an MVP conversation now, isn't it? It's the the best player, often the quarterback on one of the contenders for a national championship. And BYU, as good as the season's probably going to be, and as good as his numbers, incredible his numbers are going to be. It's it's probably not realistic, but that doesn't mean they can't be fun to watch, especially on a, a Friday night if you're looking for college football and you see a BYU Houston game. And Houston BYU went up, Houston came back to take the lead, and then BYU came back to run away with it in the end, but. Uh, so you, you have the major powers that that have, uh, again, flexed those muscles. SEC got pretty wild this weekend. You have Arkansas, which is a, a fun story in the conference with Sam Pittman, the first year coach. I host Locked on Vols with Tennessee. It's on the flip side of that. A lot of concern there. A lot of concern at Auburn with the Tigers losing to South Carolina this past weekend. So I think you're going to see a lot of back and forth. With most teams in the SEC, and then the cream will rise to the top. Where Alabama is probably the best team in the conference, I think that's pretty safe to say right now. Georgia's probably number two. A and M's good. Florida's good, and then let's see how everything else plays out from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a the resident SEC expert out of the two of us here, do you like the parody you're seeing from the SEC? I mean, we've seen in the past there's a lot of really good teams. It's never going to be an easy schedule, no matter what your schedule is in the SEC. But now you got Arkansas winning games, man. I mean, mm-hmm. what the heck? I mean, th- th- that they was a, a given.
1: Few years, literally, yeah, in the That was a
0: given game. Anytime you played Arkansas, you're gonna win. Now, no game is given in the SEC. What do you think of that from an SEC standpoint?
1: Well, I like it. I'm entertained by it, but I know that it's going to probably frustrate and irritate and upset a lot of fan bases, including the one that I talk to every day in Knoxville. Tennessee does not expect to be just a part of parody to where they can lose on any given Saturday, even to a team like Kentucky. The expectation in Knoxville, I'd say the expectation in Auburn, is now we beat those teams. Auburn, the expectation is not to go to lose, uh, go to South Carolina and lose, which happened this past weekend. And that's going to create. A lot of frustration with the head coach. It's earlier in Jeremy Pruitt's time at Tennessee. But if things like this continue, well, you're going to have more fans that are upset. He just got a big raise, by the way, one month ago from Phillip Fulmer. So as, uh, as Arkansas and Ole Miss and Kentucky's doing it again makes it more difficult for teams within the conference, then um, I, I think it's more entertaining in the, any given Saturday like you have any given Sunday in the NFL – uh, can keep you on your toes of what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know, but uh, Alabama is going to just run through the league probably. That's the way it appears. And you know, LSU typically I think is going to be more in that conversation, not this year. Yep. But I, you know, I don't know how it's going to play out within the league except for probably what's going to happen on top.
0: Yeah, one thing I want to mention the Auburn, I mean I talked about on last week's show, I don't really like Auburn as a football team. I don't think Bo Nix Nicks- – He's a really erratic, really inconsistent, and we saw that happen on Saturday. Um, so I don't think they honestly should have been ranked. Some of their games that they have won were – I mean, they shouldn't have beat Arkansas. So um, I find that very interesting. Uh, One thing about the SEC and the fact that there is so much parity is that we're also going to see another conference, I believe, starting this week in the Big Ten, have a lot of parity as well. We can touch on that in segment number two probably, or segment number three, but the Big Ten is going to be a very fun conference as well to watch, especially given all the stuff that's going on with coronavirus. Um, I know there's a couple positives in the Iowa community. Um, The Purdue community is losing their head coach for this weekend. So that also creates some chaos, and it makes it – A a really fun second half of the college football season.
1: Why don't we get to that when we come back here on Locked On College Football as it's Big Ten time? And we'll discuss that. And Andrew, Big Ten football's back. You're about to be a little bit busier. I hope you have your Built Bars ready to go because you need that pick me up in the middle of the day. So, a snack that's great on the go. It's tasty, by the way. All the bars from Built Bar are covered in 100% chocolate. They have a bunch of different flavors. So, whatever your flavor of choice might be, you're gonna find it when you go to builtbar.com, and they're also healthy options. So if you have this tasty treat, can taste like a candy bar, but you get the protein, you get low calories, low in sugar, which is really important to point out. That's what you get when you go to builtbar.com. Yeah, man. I mean, as you talk about it, it's.
0: 3:45, where I'm at. I've been on meetings since 4:30 a.m. my time. I just got a Built Bar about 30 minutes ago to get me through because I had I'm recording with you. I'm gonna record my own show. Uh, I still have work to do. I got to cook dinner for my wife. Built Bar is where I go though to get my protein source, get my energy to finish off the day. If you go to builtbar.com, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at builtbar.com.
1: And Andrew, by the way, football weekend coming up. uh, I know it's going to be busier in the Big Ten, but you still want time to chill, right? Well, Coors Light can help you with that. It's literally made to chill. So you want to sit down, you want to sit back, you want to relax during the football game or baseball games going on this week. The World Series is here. Whatever sporting event you're looking for, or maybe just hang out on the back deck. A Coors Light is the perfect option to sit back, relax and chill.
0: Absolutely, man. Coors Light is cold lager, cold filtered, cold package. It's literally made to chill. I'm in Golden, Colorado right now. I'm only a couple minutes away from the Coors facility. It's my go-to option when I need to chill. Like I said, man, it has been a day-to-day. I'm going to get done with my day, crack open a nice cold Coors Light and chill out. And right now, if you do run out of Coors Light, it's pretty awesome because you can actually get Coors Light directly delivered to your door. Coors Light is the one I choose and I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's right. You can get delivered to your door. If I ran out, all I got to do is go to get.coorslight.com to get my Coors Light. And as always, remember to celebrate responsibly.
1: Andrew, I'm excited. I know you are as well. It is finally time for the Big Ten to start up play. What do you think going into the start of conference action with the Big Ten getting things going Is they've obviously had a little bit extra time to get ready?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things that I'm kind of following, especially heading into this weekend. There are quite a few new quarterbacks across the Big Ten. We lost guys like Shea Patterson, Nate Stanley, you uh, Heck, Wisconsin lost Jack Cohn. There are seven or eight new quarterbacks across the Big Ten that we're getting replaced. So that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. We talked about it before. The SEC has a lot of parity. So does the Big Ten. Last year's bottom dwellers, they're getting better. Uh, Rutgers decided to go back into the pool that helped them win a few games You know, a couple of years ago. Uh, they got Graciano back. I think their program is going to be turning around. Michigan State is going to be back on the rise once they figure things out. Is Nebraska back? Who actually knows? But they can't be worse than they have been the last couple of years under Scott Frost. So, Who knows that? And obviously Northwestern is always a team that you need to be watching out for. Last year was an anomaly. Anyone who thinks Northwestern is going to be a bad team this year. um, I would definitely bet against that. Uh, They do a fantastic job. They basically mirror the programs like Iowa and Wisconsin, and they've been one of the most consistent teams in the big 10. And then you got to think about Purdue, Indiana is a team that I actually have as an upset pick against Penn state. I don't, I actually think Penn State's going to lose, but it's just too good of odds not to take. So lots of fun stuff happening this weekend. And most of all, I want to see Ohio State come out there and just dominate Nebraska. Not because I hate Nebraska, which I do, but Ohio State needs to show that they are a team that can compete for the college ball playoff because Clemson and Alabama, those are the two teams. We're, they're pretty much, I mean, at this point, they're locked in my opinion. I mean, there's it's hard for me to imagine them not being there. Who takes that Thank third him. spot? Who takes that fourth spot? To me, Ohio State has an opportunity to solidify themselves with a big opening weekend and continuing to dominate the rest of the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, Ohio State opens up with Nebraska, as you mentioned. It's going to be uh, noon on Fox, their big game on Fox, to open up the day. And Nebraska, it chirped a little bit, uh, maybe a lot. And Scott Frost, of course, had the comments at one time talking about You know, going and playing somewhere else, which was never going to happen, right? They weren't actually going to leave the Big Ten. They weren't going to be playing in the SEC this year. But still, that schedule came out, and a lot of people looked at it and said, "Huh? did the Big Ten uh, respond accordingly? Adrian Martinez is back as the starting quarterback at Nebraska. And I know expectations are high, big picture, not necessarily for this year, but with Scott Frost, their former quarterback who won a championship there, What do you think there with what that team could be, what the offense could be as they have the unenviable task of taking on Ohio State to open up the season? Because it it could get ugly this week if things go as a lot of us probably think that it will.
0: Yeah, I mean, what a terrible opening game. I will say this. This schedule was – I mean, we already knew the teams Nebraska was going to play, but definitely the way the schedule actually aligned with what teams they get in yeah. the beginning, especially getting Ohio State, it does look like the Big Ten basically said, you want to try us again? Here's what you get. Here's your little punishment, guys. Um, I do think this Nebraska team will be better. I mean, they were not a bad team last year. They hung in there for quite a few games. They just can't consistently win when it matters. Adrian Martinez also regressed significantly last year. I was actually surprised to see him get the the starting quarterback job. I thought Luke McCaffrey played really well in limited time for the Nebraska Cornhuskers last year. They did just lose a JUCO wide receiver. They lost a couple couple big-name guys, but at this point – it's put up or shut up time for Scott Frost. I mean, he has his guys in the system. There's no longer this crap of Scott Frost subtly throwing shade. That's my honestly, my biggest issue with him is that he's been subtly throwing shade at his team or at his players for quitting or not being able to win or not being able to be consistent. That falls back on the coach. Ohio State is a bad one to, to get up against. And I think you got to go into that game thinking, let's just keep it close and let's, focus, let's start our season next week. You know what? Screw that game. We're going to lose. Let's start it next week and see what we can do for the rest of the Big Ten schedule.
1: Yeah, get out of the opener healthy, I'd say, will be a key for Nebraska. So that's uh, that's your big one at noon. What about uh, Saturday night? You have Michigan playing at Minnesota. It's going to be on ABC. And with Harbaugh, there's always a ton of attention. You have Joe Milton there, big kid at the quarterback position. What is the talk around Michigan, which is not as ranked as high, so you're not getting the uh, watch out, Michigan. Uh, Michigan's not a trendy win the Big Ten pick like it was a year ago. So w- where's the conversation now? Is it more reasonable with what people are expecting out of the Wolverines? Yeah, I mean,
0: I think when you look at the Big Ten East, you have Ohio State and you have Penn State. Those are the two teams that are clearly going to be head and toes above the other teams. And Michigan, I think the issue – people are starting to regress from the hype of Michigan. The last couple years has always been Michigan could be a top-ten team. They could beat Ohio State. Now it's – you know what? Michigan has talent. Let's make them prove it before we actually put them into this conversation. They did lose some wide receivers, though, from last year. Uh, Nico Collins is not playing. Uh, Tyler, no, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is in the NFL. They also lost another – I can't even remember the other uh, wide receiver they had that transferred as well. So, I mean, they're losing some talent at the wide receiver position. Um, defensively, they lost a, good, a couple of good players as well. I think they returned their whole defensive line. I'm trying to pull up my notes, actually. On, or as um, on Michigan as I talk. but I think Minnesota should be able to win that game. And I think Minnesota beating Michigan will be great for the Big Ten West. That's what I'm personally rooting for, but I do think Minnesota, as long as they can break in a new offensive coordinator quickly. Um, you have Tanner Morgan there, you got experience. you got Rashad Bateman. Uh, that secondary for Michigan has a lot of people they're trying to replace. So um, to me, this should be a game that Minnesota should easily win, not easily, but they should win um, by a touchdown.
1: Yeah, it was Tariq Black who you were talking about. I don't know if you mentioned his name. Yep, it was Tariq Black.
0: That was the guy. I was like, I'm not thinking of someone here.
1: Yeah, 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 to Texas. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Michigan, but – I'd say internally, they keep big expectations. So I want to be clear internally versus externally. Those can be two different conversations at Minnesota. And then uh, I am curious, Iowa, Purdue. So there's going to be a coach Brom. It's just Brian Brom helping lead the way because of Jeff Brom's COVID test. But uh, where are things with Iowa as you've had the off the field conversation this year and it's popped up again now as you get ready for games on the field?
0: Yeah, I mean, this Iowa team seems to be closer than any other team in the past couple of years that I've been covering from an Iowa perspective. Um, what's going to be really interesting in that Iowa versus Purdue matchup is how does Iowa stop the passing attack of Purdue? Um, since Jeff Brahma's has taken over, Iowa has been just torched by Purdue. And it doesn't matter who's throwing the ball. doesn't matter who's catching the ball. Honestly, that could be a trivia question in like 10 years, and I guarantee almost no Iowa person or Purdue person could actually answer the question what three wide receivers had over 100 receiving yards in back-to-back-to-back years against Iowa? You, they're not Rondell Moore. I mean, that's how ridiculous this is. Iowa just can't stop Purdue. Um, if they can stop Jack Plummer, who I think should be the starting quarterback, they're not announcing it until Saturday, um, that's going to be the key to the game for that. If Iowa can stop that passing attack, I think Iowa's offense is going to unload on Purdue's defense, which was ranked 87th last year and returns about half of their defense. So it's not like they're returning a bunch of great players they're returning a few good defensive linemen but Iowa should be able to win that game and it really comes down to can they stop
1: Purdue's passing attack. Before we move forward and look ahead to just the games this week, uh what about for the season in the Big 10, who's the top challenger to Ohio State?
0: Some people want to say Penn State because they're on that Big 10 East. We're going to find out next week. Uh we get Penn State at Ohio or Penn State versus Ohio State. I can't remember who's home there. Um, we're going to find out real quickly how competitive Penn State can be. I'm not as high on Penn State as probably uh, Kevin McGuire of Locked On Nittany Lions is. You guys can check him out every single day. He uh, does a yep. fantastic job there. I'm not as high on Penn State as he probably is. I think your biggest contender comes from the Big Ten West, and it's, it's Wisconsin. Wisconsin's schedule is pretty easy. I mean, it's probably the easiest schedule out of all the Big Ten teams. They get the Big Ten West where you're not getting Ohio State, you're not getting Penn State. Um, so the road to 8-0 is relatively simple for them. Um, They have some tough games, obviously, Iowa versus, you know, Iowa and Minnesota. Um, And if they can break in their four-star quarterback, Graham Mertz, that's a team to watch out for. I think Wisconsin, to me, is the biggest competitor for Ohio State,
1: Okay, and uh, it is at Penn State next week, so Ohio State at Penn State. That'll be a game on our calendars to talk about next week for sure. What about this upcoming weekend? It's a good slate of games. We will get to it when we come back here with Andrew Wade. I'm Josh Ward. It's a Ward and Wade Wednesday here on Locked On College Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Andrew, we bounced around to a number of different conferences as we look to this upcoming weekend. We actually kind of looked ahead to this game last week, but in the Big 12, 3 30 on Fox, Oklahoma State at home against Iowa State. That's an important one in the Big 12. Yeah. I mean,
0: that we talked about what team needs to, you know, step up and what teams could possibly be fighting for that college football playoff position. This is the one for the Big 12. I mean, the loser of this game, I think you got to take out of that conversation just due to the fact that the Big 12 looks so pathetic this year um that was probably a harsh word for the big 12 but it it's disappointed
1: to start out no doubt yeah
0: yeah at this point probably a much softer nicer word to say about how the big 12 is doing so i appreciate the support there but what hey, that, that's our
1: role on the Warden wade wednesdays you you take people off and then i just say well we'll we'll see and then you end up being right most of the time
0: yeah i mean people love you they hate me and then that's, uh, right. that's good yeah as long as we're 50-50 there, but. 50-50 uh Yeah, no, I mean, I think the team that loses here is kind of screwed because the Big 12 doesn't look good. A one-loss team, in my opinion, doesn't make it to the college football playoff. So whoever loses – and honestly, the fact that Iowa State already has a loss is definitely against them. Um, If you're a Big 12 supporter in general, you're rooting for Oklahoma State. Um, When you've looked at the body of work that Iowa State has done, it's been impressive. I mean, they have a fantastic defensive line. Brock Purdy is an all-right quarterback. Brees Hall is a fantastic running back. And honestly, Iowa State has the best tight ends in the state of Iowa. And if anyone follows college football, you know Iowa produces some pretty darn good tight ends. And I would hate saying that usually, but Iowa State has an impressive group of tight ends. Oklahoma State, though, is a better team. And especially if they get Spencer Sanders back and Iowa State going down to Oklahoma State, you look at Iowa State and what they can do when they're a Jack Trice. They're not a Jack Trice anymore. Um, I think Oklahoma State wins this game, but it is a huge game for the Big 12. They need Oklahoma State to win that game.
1: Texas Baylor, interesting to you at all, not from a (laughs) a championship conversation standpoint, but just because Texas Baylor kind of could get interesting depending on what the results are there.
0: I would love to see Baylor beat Texas, man. That would just solidify everything i said about Texas. Also, I feel so good when you listen to like national media pundits talk about Texas. Now everyone's saying you're right. They're not back. I've been saying they're not back since last year. So I just want to call that out real quick.
1: Yeah, we're just back to asking and then saying no when we talk about if Texas is back. So you have that game in the Big 12. Uh, North Carolina came back to the pack a little bit with the loss to Florida State. Good for the Seminoles, by the way, because we talked about all the issues there, and that's just one game, and uh, they have much bigger expectations for sure. But to get that kind of win was important. So now UNC gets ready for NC State. I still think North Carolina is a good story and can be a good team. And being number five, it's not like we – I don't know anybody that expected that to be the final result of the season. And uh, but North Carolina against NC state, uh, we'll see how Mac Brown's team responds this weekend. I, my guess is they bounce back. What do you think?
0: I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think number five is a little bit rich for North Carolina. I had them preseason ranked, I think between 15 and 19. And that's kind of where I believe they should fall. Um, they're a solid team. They're going to win some games Florida state. They've been getting the crap kicked out of them this year. Um, they played a little better against Notre Dame. Mike Norvell's, you know, this is his first season. He's trying to get this program back in shape Games like that are going to happen. I mean, Florida State doesn't lack talent by any means. They have talent. It's just a matter of getting them to work together and play together. So that is going to happen. And I also think, again, it shows the fact that North Carolina isn't ready to compete with the likes of Clemson. Um, But I do believe they take on NC State, and they make it a pretty easy win there.
1: Yep, so that's, uh, that's one to watch there in the ACC. Number one, Clemson, I'm guessing they're going to score some points against Syracuse. That one's going to be just ugly, isn't it, at noon?
0: Yeah, I mean the over I think was at forty six points, for a conference game in the ACC. That is, Syracuse should be embarrassed, man. But Clemson, they appear to be on a mission. I mean, they are just destroying everyone. It'll be fun whenever they when they get a chance to play Notre Dame because I think Notre Dame, some people think, are pretty. You know, it was good, but I didn't like what I saw last week against Louisville. Uh, they moved the ball well, but couldn't really capitalize and convert. Um, Pitt's defensive line is fantastic, too. I know I'm kind of getting off track there, but um, Clemson's going to destroy Syracuse. Notre Dame versus Pitt could be an interesting game that we could beat Notre Dame on uh, upset alert. I think Pitt is a team that could take down Notre Dame.
1: Yeah, what do you think there? Because that's uh, that's 330 on the road for Notre Dame, and, uh, and the Irish, they, held, they were able to hold on last week and, and get out of there with win. I thought Notre Dame would win by a few scores, and it did not play out that way.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I bet on Notre Dame to win by a few scores. I thought that as well. Yeah. Louisville hasn't looked that good this year. It was very frustrating watching Notre Dame continually drive the ball down the field and not do anything with it, and then, you know, consistently stop Louisville. Um, that was frustrating to watch. I think it goes back to the fact that Notre Dame isn't that isn't that great of a team. I think they're kind of like the UNC. I think between 15 and 19, they they don't deserve to be ranked in the top 10, let alone the top five, and I think we're going to potentially see Pitt upset them this week.
1: Okay, so you have that one. Uh, I think uh, Kentucky, Missouri, by the way, a sneaky one in the SEC. Uh, Credit to Kentucky and Mark Stoops. They lost their first two games probably down on what was going on there but that did not affect them so they bounced back the next week and got a a pretty easy win against Mississippi State and then they just whipped Tennessee in Knoxville last weekend so uh, Mark Stoops in Kentucky try to get things going if Mark Stoops uh, Mark Stoops wins this week he moves into number two all-time on the wins list at Kentucky behind only Bear Bryant I think he's 14 wins behind Bear so he could be in a position where if he stays there for two more years he becomes the all-time wins leader in Kentucky football history which is not rich I know but still uh, it's a nice job that he's done there
0: yeah I mean impressive nonetheless I mean you're you're at a basketball school Kentucky is yeah. there to win basketball games football is like this afterthought that they can kind of play in and usually get their butts kicked but I mean they've produced some quality NFL talent the last couple of years hell what he did last year with a you know Lim Bowden playing quarterback was just incredibly impressive for any coach to uh, improvise on the fly and still win games in the SEC nonetheless when you're basically eliminating a passing attack you're just focusing on the run what he's been doing is really impressive because it's hard to recruit guys to Kentucky you're not yeah. you're not in a very rich state from a football perspective and talent you're going against sec guys you don't have that history i mean what that's a tough program to turn around
1: he's been doing a great job yeah he's built along the line of scrimmage so good job there by Mike, mark stoops excuse me at kentucky what have we missed here andrew any other games that interest you do you have a, a favorite pick of the week what do we want to leave here on
0: yeah i mean i would say the penn state versus indiana game um i know we talked about the big 10 already yeah. but journey brown is out indiana actually has a pretty good talent this year. They're trying to build up that program. Michael Penix Jr. is a guy that locked on Big Ten host Ben Stevens thinks is a Heisman candidate. I disagree with that, but I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think that, to me, is a potential upset. Um, I, my biggest game, though, is I'm probably calling Oklahoma State to be Iowa State. I'll take Oklahoma State, actually, to cover that, too. I think it's going to be a touchdown.
1: All right, we'll see if the Cowboys can keep it rolling. In uh, SEC country, keep an eye on what's going on with Florida as they had more COVID-positive tests to report. So we'll see what happens there with the Gators as they were not able to have their game against LSU last week. And uh, Locked On SEC is covering all that's going on around the league. So check out the league shows. Check out each individual team show. And, uh, Andrew, enjoy the opening weekend of the Big Ten. I looked at the schedule. I pulled it up. I was like, man, it feels like there's a lot more football. It's because there's more football, which is a really good thing. So I'm excited about it, and we can react next week. Absolutely, man! It kicks
0: off Friday night with Illinois Wisconsin. Definitely hit that, hit that over if you can get Illinois in the spread over twenty-one because Illinois is keeping that a lot closer. But yeah, I man, I'm pumped for Big Ten football.
1: It's here. It's a Ward and Wade Wednesday every Wednesday here on Locked On College Football, which is here five days a week. Thank you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. That's a big help as well. We'll see you next time on Locked On College Football on the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, Prime members.